the joyous story of toto by laura e richards this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by jude summers chapter ten the lost prince of the poles it was agreed by all hands at the next meeting that bruin must tell the story you have not told a story for a long long time bruin said toto not since we began to meet here and granny wants to hear one of your stories don't you granny indeed said the grandmother i should very much like to hear one of mr bruin's stories i am told they are very delightful mr bruin bowed in his peculiar fashion and murmured something which sounded like how rumbly the old lady knew however that it was meant for thank you ma'am and took the will for the deed bruin sucked his paw thoughtfully for a few minutes then raising his head with an air of inspiration pigeon pretty he asked what kind of a bear was that in your story really bruin i do not know replied the wood pigeon it said a bear that was all you see continued bruin there are so many kinds of bears black brown cinnamon grizzly polar really there is no end to them i thought however that this might possibly have been the lost prince of the poles here bruin paused a moment and looked about the lost prince of the poles exclaimed toto what a fine name for a story tell us now bruin tell us all about him listen then said the bear and you shall hear about the lost prince of the poles the polar bears as you probably know are a large and powerful nation they are governed by a king who is called the solar polarity of the hippo peppercorns oh cried toto what does that mean nobody knows what it means that is the great charm of the title gives it majesty you understand the present solar polarity is i am told quite worthy of his title for he is very majestic and knows absolutely nothing he sits on the top of the north pole and directs the movements of the icebergs at the time of which i am going to tell you which was so long ago as to be no particular time at all the solar polarity had an only son a most promising young bear the heir to the kingdom he was brought up with the greatest care possible and when he had arrived at a suitable age his father begged him to choose a mate among the youngest and fairest of the she-bears or as they more elegantly termed bearesses to the amazement of the solar polarity the prince flatly refused i will not marry one of these cold white creatures he said i am tired of white i want to marry one of those things and he pointed to the north where the northern lights were shooting up in long streamers of crimson and green and purple one of those things cried his father my dear son are you mad those are rory borries they are not the sort of thing one can marry it's it's ridiculous to think of such a thing well said the prince then i will marry the creature that is most like them there must be some creature that has those pretty colors i will go and ask the principal whale so he went and asked the principal whale if he knew any creature that was colored like the rory borries frankly said the whale i do not doubtless there are such but i have never happened to meet any of them 
"'I will tell you what I will do, however,' he said, seeing the prince's look of disappointment. "'I am just starting on a voyage to the southern seas, and if you like, I will take you with me, and you can look about and decide for yourself.' The young bear was delighted with this proposition, and proceeded at once to assume the full-dress costume of the polar bears, which consists in tying three knots in the tail. "'Uh, excuse me,' interrupted the raccoon. "'I thought no bears had any tails to speak of.' And he glanced complacently at his own magnificent tail, which was curled around his feet. "'They have none to speak of, which makes it all the more remarkable for them to be able to tie three knots in them. As soon as this was accomplished, the prince declared that he was ready to start. So am I, said the principal whale, and taking the prince of the poles on his back, he sailed away for the southern seas. They went on and on for several days without any adventures, till one day the young bear saw a huge jellyfish floating towards them see he cried there is a lovely creature as bright and beautiful as the rory boris surely this is the creature for me to marry i don't think you would like to marry that said the whale that is a jellyfish but we will go and speak to it and you can judge for yourself so the whale swam up to the jellyfish who looked at them and said nothing my dear said the prince you are very beautiful yeah said the jellyfish who was in reality extremely ignorant and had never gone to dancing school that's more than i can say for you i am sorry to hear you say that said the prince mildly will you marry me and be the princess of the poles marry your grandmother replied the jellyfish in a very rude manner and off it flounced under the water the young bear looked sadly after it it was very pretty he said why did it want me to marry my grandmother it didn't replied the whale that was only its way of speaking an unmannerly minx don't think any more about it and they continued their voyage a couple of days after this they met the swordfish and his daughter these are some friends of mine said the principal whale we will see if they can aid us in our search the swordfish greeted them kindly and invited them to come down and make him a visit thank you said the whale we have not time to stop now we are in search of a creature as bright in color as the rory boris my young friend here the prince of the poles is anxious to marry such a creature if he can only find her but the swordfish shook his head and said he could not think of any one who would answer the description i will marry you if you wish said the swordfish's daughter who was much struck by the appearance of the young bear i am considered very agreeable and i think i could make you happy but you are not bright cried the poor prince in distress you are even black saving for your presence i don't wish to hurt your feelings but really you are not at all the sort of creature i was looking for though i have no doubt he added that you are extremely agreeable you might play i was a rory bory behind a cloud on a dark night suggested the swordfish's daughter but the prince did not think that would do and the whale agreed with him one cannot play he said when one is married accordingly they bade a friendly farewell to the swordfish and his daughter and continued their voyage
After several days, they saw in the distance the coast of Africa. As they approached it, the prince saw something bright on the land, near the edge of the water. "'See!' he cried. "'There is something very bright and beautiful. Let us go nearer and see what it is.' So they went nearer, and saw a long line of scarlet flamingos, drawn up on the beach like a company of soldiers. "'Prince,' said the principal whale, "'your journey has not been in vain. I really think these are the creatures you have been looking for.' As he spoke, the flamingos, who had caught sight of the strange creatures approaching the shore, rose into the air with a great flapping of wings, and flew slowly away. The prince was in ecstasies. "'Oh, whale!' he cried. "'These are rory boris, real live rory boris. See how they shoot up like long streamers. See how they glow and shine. One still remains on the shore, the loveliest of all. She is my bride. She is the princess of the poles. Swim closer to the shore, good whale.' The whale swam up to the shore, the water being fortunately deep enough to allow him to do so and the bear addressed the solitary flamingo which still stood upon the beach watching them with great curiosity this was in fact the princess of the flamingos and besides being rather curious by nature she thought it would be beneath her dignity to fly away just because some strange creatures were approaching so she stood still in an attitude of royal ease lovely creature said the prince tell me oh tell me are you really and truly a rory boy i am sure you must be from your brilliant and exquisite beauty not quite answered the flamingo not quite the same thing though very nearly i am a flamingo and the rory boy is a flaming go pronounced differently you perceive that is the principal difference between the two families though there might be some other minor variations which may be caused by the climate what is your pleasure with me and what might you happen to be my pleasure is to marry you exclaimed the young polar bear rapturously i am a white bear and am called the prince of the poles after my father's death i shall become solar polarity of the hippo peppercorns will you be my bride and reign with me as queen you shall sit upon the North Pole and direct the movements of the icebergs. The flamingo closed one eye and drew up one leg in an attitude of graceful and maidenly coyness. Your manners and bearing interest me much, she said after a pause, and I should be glad to do as you suggest. But I fear it is impossible. We are not allowed to marry anyone with more than two legs, and you, I perceive, have four. The poor prince was quite staggered by this remark, for he was proud of his legs, which, though short, were finely formed. He was silent in dismay. But now the principal whale interposed. "'Would it not be possible to make an exception in this case?' he asked. "'My young friend has come a very long way in search of you, and has quite set his heart on this marriage.' "'Alas,' said the flamingo, "'I fear not. It is the first law in the kingdom.' and I dare not break it. "'What shall I do, then?' cried the prince, in despair. "'If I cannot have you, I will go back and marry the swordfish's daughter, and you would be sorry to have me do that if you knew how ugly she was.' "'In difficult cases,' said the flamingo, 
we always consult the hippopotamouse. I would advise you to do the same. The hippopotamouse, exclaimed the prince. Where is he to be found? Tell me that I may fly to him at once. He lives in the middle of the central plain of Pongolia, replied the flamingo. In that case, said the principal whale, I must leave you, my prince, as traveling on land is one of the pleasures I must deny myself, being constitutionally unfitted for it. The prince thanked the whale warmly for his kindness, and after taking a most affecting leave of the flamingo princess, he set off for the central plain of Pongolia. He traveled night and day, and after many days he arrived at the very middle of the plain. There he found the hippopotamus, sitting in the middle of a river, nibbling a huge cheese. This singular animal combined all the chief qualities of a hippopotamus and a mouse. His appearance was truly astonishing, and filled the mind of the prince with mingled feelings. He stood for some time gazing at him in silent amazement. Presently, the hippopotamus looked up sharply. Well, he said, what do you want? Do you think I am pretty? No, replied the young bear. You may be good, but I don't think you are pretty. I want, he continued, to marry the flamingo princess. I am the prince of the poles, son of the solar polarity of the hypopeppercorns. You may have heard of my father. Oh, a yes, said the hippopotamus. I have heard of him. Well, why don't you marry her? Because I have four legs, answered the prince sadly, and it is against the law for a flamingo to marry anyone with more than two. True, I had forgotten that, said the hippopotamus. Can you suggest any way out of this difficulty? inquired the prince. Without making any reply, the hippopotamus plunged into meditation and the cheese at the same moment, and nibbled and meditated in silence for several hours, while the unhappy prince stood first on one leg, then on the other, endeavoring in vain to conceal his impatience. Finally, when he was quite exhausted with waiting, the hippopotamus took his head out of the cheese. "'My young friend,' he said, "'I see but one way out of the difficulty.' and that is for you to walk about on two of your legs until they are worn out. Then, you perceive, you will have, unless my calculations have misled me, exactly two left, the proper number to enable you legally to marry the flamingo princess. You may find this fatiguing, he continued, seeing the prince's look of dismay. But really, I can see nothing else for you to do and when you reflect that everything is more or less fatiguing, and that I have worn out five complete sets of teeth on this very cheese, you may become reconciled to your lot. Goodbye, I wish you well. And without more ado, he plunged into the cheese once more. The unhappy prince uttered one wild howl, and turning away, fled into the savage wilds of the Pongolian forest. Here Bruin paused, shook his head, and sighed deeply. "'Oh, go on, Bruin!' cried Toto eagerly. "'How can you stop there? Go on immediately, and tell us the rest.' "'Alas, there is little more to tell. For from that moment the Prince of the Poles has never been seen or heard of. The Flamingo Princess waited long and anxiously for his return, but he never came.' I believe she finally married an ostrich, who led her a terrible life. 
the principal whale called at the coast of africa on his way back from the southern seas and hearing the sad intelligence of the prince's disappearance departed in great sadness for his northern home to break the news to the solar polarity of the hippopeppercorns when that potentate heard of the disappearance of his son he fell off the north pole and broke his neck and the whole nation assumed the mourning costume of the polar bears which consists in tying a sailor's knot in the left ear and a granny's knot in the right and thus ends in sadness and despair the story of the lost prince of the poles end of chapter 10